It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at BC Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. Hi, Mark Wisniewski. I am the host of Money Talk, Busey Money Talk today. Uh, I have my co-host, Thaddeus Usanaga. He's a senior vice president, investment portfolio manager, and we have a special guest today, uh, Dries Dernay. Uh, Dries is our financial planning specialist, and we'll get to that part a little later in the show. But first, uh, Thaddeus, uh, Good morning. give us a, a little market recap? Sure, my pleasure. Um, well, uh, very hard to complain at this point in time. So markets, <laughs> markets, uh, both uh, domestic markets and international markets are are pretty close to their all time highs. Uh, so, so very good, strong uh, market performance or stock market performance really since uh, March of last year has just been steadily climbing upward. And uh, like I said, not much to complain about. We we did have a little bit of volatility. Uh, yesterday around the Fed announcement, but we're only off about a half a percent. I think we're we're flat here so far today. So, uh, you know, very good to see that strong performance. Um, a lot of it is because corporate profits and earnings have been doing very well. So we have, um, you know, the, the earnings season behind us now. And uh, first quarter earnings were the best they've ever been, um, you know, coming off, you know, that low comparison from last year, but then also just you know, the strongest quarter of earnings that we've seen yet. So, um, you know, certainly good, strong, fundamental reasons for the market to to be doing well. But, um, you know, part of it is just valuation. So um, when we look at uh, the price to earnings multiple, for example, you know, that is higher than its historical trend. We're not we're not quite at those uh, sort of dot com levels. Um, but right now, the, the market is trading at uh, 22 times or so uh, forward earnings. Uh, and that's that's a bit rich. That's that's a little higher than the historical average. We we certainly would like to see that uh, be a little little lower. It's better to be investing in more reasonable valuations. But um, just you know, with the backdrop of yields, uh, I think it is understandable that we would have these uh, these higher or so, elevated so valuations. How, how high is the market this year? That's the that's the one thing. I think you you told me on Tuesday, and I was absolutely shocked on how high it is this year. Yeah, so we're the S and P five hundred. So the the benchmark of large companies is up thirteen and a quarter percent or so. Um, so and that's off the back of last year. I think we were up over ten percent. I don't remember last year's number exactly, <laughs> but uh, you know, even with that big drawdown related to the pandemic, we did have uh, strong strong performance last year, and that has continued here uh, year to date. Yeah, I guess I guess it's okay to open my four hundred one k statement. This uh, you quarter. might be, you should be. I mean, you should be if you have a healthy amount of equities in there. Uh, you should be uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, the other the other big market, of course, is the fixed income market or the bond market, and and there we have seen some volatility here this year. Uh, interest rates um, have have risen significantly from their lows. So the ten year Treasury, for example. Uh, was well below 1% last year. And now uh, I think about today, it's about 1.5%. And it's been somewhat volatile. So of course, um, the Federal Reserve, which uh, sets interest rate policies for short-term rates, 
yesterday had their announcement, and and I think um, the the announcement sort of implied that rates might rise faster than the market had anticipated. We did see both short and long term rates uh, rise a little bit on that news, um, and then uh, you know I think some of that has come back down a little bit here uh, so far today. But the Fed was a little bit, they describe it as hawkish, a little bit more hawkish than, uh, than maybe the, the market was expected. Um, that, that has uh, impacted a lot of other assets out there. So uh, gold, uh, silver, you know, those, those sort of traditional inflation safe haven assets uh, are selling off, sold off yesterday, and it looks like that's continuing a little bit today. Um, and, and inflation expectations. So, you know, we have uh, we have a couple different versions of U.S. Treasuries. One one pays a real return. Um, that real return is actually negative right now. But uh, that real return is uh, the the coupon payments or the and the principal of the bond actually adjusts for inflation uh, as measured by CPI. And so that bond and the yield of that relative to a to a normal Treasury, uh, the the yields have narrowed. So the expectation or at least the market pricing of inflation has has gone down a bit here about 25 uh, or 25 basis points or one quarter of a percent uh, really just in the past several days um, so you know inflation I think is the theme we've talked about it on this show you know several times or the past several times uh, you know certainly a big concern for investors I think it should be uh, you know, inflation erodes our purchasing power and and makes it much more difficult to to save and plan for retirement. Um, so it is, I think, comforting a little bit to see that uh, you know those expectations going down a little bit. The Fed, you know, showing some willingness to to um, act in order to 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 prevent you know sort of this this potential for really high inflation in the future. So, but I mean, they're, when they, what they're talking about acting, I think uh, what I read, they're not going to really do anything till like 2023. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I mean, I think the, the, the potential for increases in short-term rates is, is pretty far off. Um, but, um, you know, that expectation um, going into the meeting and then what, what I think came out of the meeting was that, you know, they, they will likely have to act at some point in time in the future and, and and um, I think that did provide some comfort to the market in terms of of uh, inflation. I, you know, some of the headlines I was reading before was, you know, if the if the Fed doesn't really address this, then you know, go, you know, gold or or some of these right. inflation things are going to do do fantastic. And and just by the price action of those those types of assets, it, it would appear that the market um, seems to think that you know the Fed will act uh, appropriately to 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 stem the worst case scenario of really sure, high inflation. Sure, yeah, I mean it makes sense. I mean you can see at least the inflation at, at the gas pumps for sure. Um, now with uh, COVID kind of opening up everything, I guess from a from a restaurant perspective, you're going to start to see those numbers go up uh, with people getting out more, eating out more, uh, just kind of going back and experiencing things uh, there. So from from an outperformance standpoint, we always look at value versus growth. Which which is up this year? Yeah, so um, you know those value stocks really um, turned the corner and started performing well right around when the vaccine news came out last year. I think that was around September, and that has continued here this year. So so you know we like to divide the market uh, into to, to two broad groups. One of these growth stocks, and and a growth stock typically has higher higher sales growth, higher revenue growth, uh, and then typically investors are willing to pay more. So they have higher multiples in terms of their price to earnings 
or price to book or other measures of uh, uh, measures of value. The 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 value side of the market tends to just be you know not those stocks. So uh, typically stocks that maybe have lower sales growth, but then also are ch- are priced cheaper. They have higher dividends. Typically, they have uh, lower price to earnings ratio, and those. Um, you know, particularly tend to be a little bit more economically sensitive. So uh, bank stocks tend to fall in the value category a lot. Um, uh, oil stocks, uh, a lot of traditional industrial stocks fall in that category. And those, you know, those have been doing well. And it's good to see those do well, because I think perhaps they're more reflective of the real economy than than some of the, the big growth stocks that are more tech related, um, you know, the, the Amazons and the Alphabets and the, and the Microsofts, um, you know, so I think a lot of that, econ- that increase in that economic activity clearly uh, or seems to benefit those, those value oriented companies. And that is the trend that we have been seeing here um, so far this year and really, really since uh, late last year. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all good stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's pleasant. It's a sunny day, and you've got sunny reports. That is, I mean, that, that, that's awesome stuff. Uh, so I appreciate that very much. Um, so what we like to do today is actually uh, Dries is joining us to uh, kind of talk about uh, estate planning. I've just uh, it's a it's a topic near and dear to my heart. As you know, I've uh, my sister and brother-in-law recently retired and i was talking to them about what they're going to do uh, and everything else and i said well what you know what's have you updated your wills and then interesting enough they told me they didn't even have wills so uh Dries, what what exactly is estate planning hey mark uh good question so simply put estate planning it, it's planning for what you want to happen to your estate when you die or are incapacitated and what is your estate your estate is just all your assets and liabilities that you own at your time of death. Um, estate planning allows you to implement certain tools or, or strategies now to ensure that your concerns and goals are fulfilled after you die. Uh, your objective may be to simply make sure that your loved ones are provided for, or you also may have more complex goals, such as avoiding probate or, or reducing estate taxes. No, wow. So yeah, I mean, you, you just mentioned the word tools. That's always interesting to me. So what 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 are key estate planning tools? The two most popular estate planning tools are wills and trusts, both of which I'm sure most of our listeners have heard about. Uh, first of all, a will. Uh, wills, uh, beside besides enabling you to determine the distribution of your property. A will also gives you the opportunity to nominate your executor and guardians for uh, your minor children. Uh, You can think of it as your your final wish, so to say, to what you would like to see happen after you die. Uh, Now, you can't just say whatever you want in your will and expect that to happen. There are also federal and state laws that dictate some, some basic parameters. For example, like if you say in your will that you do not for some reason or another, you, that you do not want your spouse to get any of your assets, I think in colloquially we call that disinherit someone, um, your spouse may likely uh, be able to contest that. Uh, many states have something called an elective share uh, in a state law, and that guarantees a certain amount of assets passing to the surviving spouse. Um, so that those are wills. Trusts, they differ from wills in that they are actual uh, legal entities. Like a will, uh, similarly, a trust spells out how you want your property distributed, uh, but it also lets you customize the distribution of your estate 
with the added advantages of, of, of the trustee helping in the, the management of the trust property and probate avoidance. So uh, trusts can do, you can get way more granular with a trust now. Uh, they offer numerous advantages, but trusts are also, they incur upfront costs and ongoing administrative fees. Uh, you have to pay an attorney, an attorney to, to draft a trust document. And every time you want to make an adjustment, uh, probably you'll have to pay some additional attorney fees again to, to, to amend the document. Um, because uh, uh, trusts use also, they, they involve a complex web of tax rules and regulations. So it's important to use a reputable, reputable uh, good estate attorney. And, and uh, it's also important to, to keep uh, reviewing that because, you know, estate law changes uh, every so often. And so you want to make sure that your, that your estate plan is, uh, keeps being up to date. Now, both wills and trusts are not mutually exclusive. Um, a rule of thumb is everyone should have a will, uh, but, not, but not everyone needs a trust. So I would say to, to, your, to your family members, they, they should at the very least have a will. Right. And, and with the will, too, the nice piece is uh, you, you can actually have a trust as a component of the will inside it. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, um, a lot of our clients that we do financial planning for abuse, they have both, um, you know. And so uh, the will, it gives the, the general flow of assets right. how they would like it to happen. Uh, again, also nominates uh, the executor of your estate, guardian of minor children. That's why for uh, uh, people with, with young family, with, with, with kids, it's important to have a will. Right. Um, but uh, while the trust at the same time gets more the granular detail of K, like, um, once the assets go to this trust like or are already in the trust, I want the assets to be used in this or that way. Uh, so you can really, in a way, customize how you want those assets to be used after you die. Right. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, the will, too, I guess, can also, uh, if you forget to put an asset in your trust, it's kind of a, a catch-all. You know, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and um, the, the difference there is that if uh, – at the time of your death, if assets are titled the name of your trust, they, they, they would avoid probate. While if your will says to, to, to then, they're not titled in the name of your trust, but the will directs at your death for the asset to be placed in the trust, it will that asset would then still go through probate. So that's that just a little technicality on, on the difference there. Sure. But eventually, the antecedent would be the same thing. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break right now, uh, and then we'll come back and talk some more. You want your children and grandchildren to focus on their future, not tuition. For more than 150 years, Busey Bank has partnered with families and businesses to establish impactful, enduring legacies. Busey's experienced advisors can help build plans and develop strategies that work as hard as you do, evolving to create lasting impact for your family and legacy. Learn more at Busey.com. Member FDIC. Ensuring peace of mind, expanding business, building strong communities. Realize your financial dreams with Busey Bank. For more than 150 years, Busey's built a foundation of broad financial capabilities, vast knowledge, and close relationships that span generations. You can realize your best future. Busey's right beside you. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Money Talk. I'm Mark Wisniewski, uh, your co-host with Thaddeus Yusanaga. And our guest today is Dries Dernay, uh, financial planning specialist uh, in our wealth management area. Today we're uh, talking about wills and trust and estate planning and kind of uh, what you need to know uh, uh, for the uh, benefit of your family. 
So, yeah, Dries, one question I had was, so you mentioned probate a couple times. Can you maybe explain to our listeners what that what that is and maybe what that entails and why why it might be a good idea to, to avoid going through that process? That is an excellent question. Um, so probate, it's a court proceeding. Um, and it's basically um, when your will says, hey, I want this to go there and, and, and this asset to go here, um, in, in the end, it, to, to give that legal weight and to, to, to actually de- make that happen, it ha- it probate does that. So probate is basically a court proceeding uh, where uh, the, your estate gets gets settled through that process. And so the assets, the basically because the the court will then uh, draft, uh, um, uh, I believe it's called letters of testamentary. They they that make sure that the assets then also actually end up at that place because it's not because your will says that that like oh now you can I can give my will to this person uh, to to who houses my account and they'll make they'll. Uh, cut a check to this person. No, it's like they need something a little more legal. And probate makes sure that that uh, 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 is an enabling mechanism for the flow of those assets. Now, it's a court proceeding. Number one, it's public. Hmm. Uh, number two, it depending on your side of your estate, it, it may be lengthy. It may uh, take some time. And number three, court means attorneys, means attorney fees. So it could also be costly. Hmm. Uh, those are some reasons, public, costly, lengthy, why Sometimes it may be a good idea to try and avoid probate. Uh, sometimes it can also be uh, wanted. Or, you know, uh, th- there's some cases where probate can, can – actually people want the assets to go through probate. So it depends a little on your situation. Yeah, I think, I think a big factor there is cost. I mean the amount of times you've got to go to court, uh, I've experienced numerous times uh, in the banking industry where, I mean, you constantly have to report to the court. These are the assets. This is the distribution, and you have to get their approval – so you're paying an attorney to go every single time. Um, you know, one thing, too, I guess uh, we didn't touch about base on is for our younger listeners like Thaddeus, for example, um, who has kids, uh, you, you can name who you want your ultimate guardian. If you, for some reason you and your wife pass, you can name who your guardians are. I think too many people uh, sometimes forget about that or neglect that. And then, like you said, then then it's up to the court system to decide uh who and your children go to. But anyway, speaking of that, what happens if you don't have a will when you die? Then you die what's called intestate. Uh, your state assets will flow then according to state law. In Illinois, because we're here in Illinois, that means that if you have a spouse and children, that your spouse gets half while your children get the other half. Now, if you don't have a spouse or children, then it depends on whether or not you have siblings and or parents, and it flows based on that. So there's basically a priority ranking, and depending on who you still have, if you have if you have a spouse, then it, but no children, it all goes to the spouse. If you have a spouse and children, it's half half. As like I said, if you don't have a spouse but you have children, all to the children. If you don't have either, then depends if you have parents, if you have siblings. So it and that is um, that is uh, dep- depends on the state where you live. Wow, I mean, I mean that's that's I mean that's interesting stuff from the standpoint too. If you if you're divorced and you're on your second marriage, those kids might not be too happy that uh, your your wife is getting half unless you specifically specify that. Indeed. So, so you know, so what are some common situations that you know you encounter uh, when you're doing financial planning and somebody wants to set up a trust? Um, there can be. M- uh, n- numerous reasons to set up a trust. Now, um, one I already mentioned, it's the probate avoidance. Um, so uh, because if you don't have a trust, cert- certain assets, depends on how they're titled, but certain assets might be subject to probate. 
uh, which uh, I said is a public court proceeding. So privacy may be one reason to set up a trust. Another common reason is to try and reduce estate taxes. Now, if, if you have considerable wealth, then using trusts may provide for a more uh, tax-efficient flow of assets. Um, now, it is important to know that it, it, not everyone has a taxable estate. Like currently, uh, in 2021, if, if, if you die and, and, and your estate is $11.7 million or below, you do not owe any federal, uh, you do not owe estate taxes at the federal level. In other words, you don't have federally taxable estate if you die and you're, this year and your estate is below $11.7 million. Now, um, at the state level, though, there may um, – some states have estate taxes. Other ones don't. Like in Illinois, in Illinois we do. And in Illinois, uh, that number of the estate tax exemption amount is much lower. It's $4 million. Uh, so for the state of Illinois, a taxable estate happens at a much lower threshold. Um, but setting up a trust may also be a good idea, even if you don't have a taxable estate. Uh, for example, it, it, it happens in, that in a couple, and I occasionally come across it, like that there's one spouse who takes care of all the finances, uh, and, and, just, and they know what they're doing, and they, they, they're, they're managing everything, while the other spouse, either through lack of interest or, or just, just they, 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 they just don't you know the finances, and, or they're scared of it, they, they also, or they may not be capable of doing it uh, uh, mentally or physically for some reason. So um, in, in, that, in that case, if the first spouse who manages everything uh, uh, dies first, they, they want to make sure that their surviving spouse will get some help in managing the affairs afterwards. Now, if you leave everything outright to this surviving spouse, in my example, there are potentially no guardrails in place or, or they are left to manage everything themselves. And, and maybe that's daunting or maybe they just, they're just incapable of doing it. So um, uh, setting up a trust in a case like that uh, for the benefit of your surviving spouse that way you also can ensure that they get help in managing their affairs uh, afterwards in the finances based on the terms of the trust and also uh, with the help of the trustee who administers uh, the trust. Yeah, I guess, you know, in our industry, we've seen a lot of too is where uh, you're able also to control when your kids get the money. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's a big factor because what I think in the state of Illinois, once they're 18, they can have access to the funds. At least with the trust, you can set it to 21. But I've seen a lot of people say 25, I 25, think, is more yeah, pretty it, common. Where it's, you want to see them get through college, maybe right. have, the, a, have the, a job. Depends on the kid, right, and how, how well they are with their finance. Some kids may be capable at 18. I would. I certainly would not have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, yeah, me either. That's a tough one. I think, uh, and indeed, we see that a lot Like when we're doing estate planning for our clients. Um, you know, uh, a lot of trusts are, are set up for the kids. If it... If for the kids um, that um, it uh, the assets intended for the kid first go to the trust for the benefit of that child, and then for example at age twenty five they get a quarter uh, like twenty five percent of the trust. That's, that's a good at age idea, thirty right? they Don't get like another twenty five, and then age thirty five fifty, and then uh, they get um, at uh, age forty they get the whole trust. Uh, so then it, it so then the, those assets come then at that time out of the trust, and then they can fully have control over that. But it's kind of like a, a scale a scaling up of of, of like uh, uh, trust payouts as they get older, and hypothetically also more capable of managing that money. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's a, that's some great points because to be honest, I I had a client probably about three years ago uh, that that came to me and she she's now in like forty years old, 
but her mom died when she was in high school and she got a bunch of the money at 18 and she's always like why didn't you stop me from spending the money why didn't you prevent me i'm like because the document didn't te- you know allow me to prevent you from spending the money she goes oh she goes i should have never got it at 18 Exactly. Yeah. In, in, and um, the trustee, the trustee is a person who administers the trust. And, and they, um, even if you appeal to their, uh, you know, to, even if you try and guilt trip them in giving you money as a beneficiary of the trust, they, they just, it doesn't work that way. They have to follow how the trust is set up, the terms of the trust. And so um, sometimes if the trustee is a family member and, and you, you're not, according to the terms, based on the terms of the trust, you're not supposed to get the money yet. And you let's say you, it's your uncle administering it, then you go to your uncle and say, "Hey, please, I need the money right now." I it, it just they are legally incapable of giving you the money then because they have to follow the terms of the trust. Um, that that might sound really rigid, but most of the time it's there for the exact reason that you just mentioned. It's to it's to have the guardrails and to also the the um, to make sure uh, because typically the trust is set up uh, in uh, for the benefit of of the right of the beneficiary. And so to make sure that they will be okay also. And indeed, if you give everything at age 18, there you go, kid. I just, just This is all your money now. I might not be the wisest thing. I know. I mean, I, I like the term you're using guardrails too because it's, it's, it's not like it's, you know, stopping you. It's, it's just like helping, assisting you along the way. Exactly. So anyway, so let's, let's say I, I create my estate plan. How often do I really need to review my estate plan? That's a good question. With and uh, that, there's not a, a specific answer there that, that that we can give. It it's, but it's important to revisit it from time to time. Now, one reason that I said is that um, estate law changes occasionally, and so right now the estate tax exemption amount at the federal level is eleven point seven million, uh, and it adjusts each year upwards for inflation. But if nothing else gets passed at the end of twenty twenty five. Uh, that's supposed to revert back to the previous exemption amount, which was about half of that. So uh, if you pass right now, 11.7 million, not taxable uh, at the federal level. Uh, but if, if you if that same situation, but like six years down the line, and all of a sudden there is a taxable state at the federal level, if nothing changes, because if no, Congress passes new no new laws on that. Uh, so um, that's why it's important to revisit from that time um, uh, for to keep up with the changes Another uh, uh, time to to revisit it is when you have a major life event happen to you. And when I say major life event, I mean things like a change in marital marital status, Uh, the birth, adoption, or or, or marriage that includes uh, stepchildren, Uh, the death of a spouse or a family member, or substantial changes in your assets or or, or plans for their use. So if all of a sudden you inherit $10 million, let's say, Okay, maybe you need to uh, adjust your estate plan at that point because there was a major change in in in, in your wealth. Uh, and so, every time there's a major life event, and it happens to you, um, whenever there's a big change in estate law, and just in general, regularly, a thorough review, maybe every five years, uh, just to make sure that that you stay up to date and that it's still according to the way that you want it. I've seen uh, uh, with a uh, with a client that um, you know they. The will still mentioned the ex-spouse, and and they they just forgot to update it, and so that's um, you know you want to make sure that you occasionally look at that document to make sure it's still your wish. No, that that that's that's great. Yeah, I mean it's almost like as you're reviewing maybe your financial plan, it's probably always a good idea to at least bring out the estate planning documents. Exactly. Take a look at them and see uh, where what where you're at. 
Um, so I guess to kind of start to, to wrap things up, uh, Dries, uh, I think all really good information. Uh, I know some of the other things, you know, people may want to think about is, you know, power of attorney for medical, general uh, stuff. Um, but good time of year, uh, Thaddeus. Great news, man. I, I, the, the market is, is way up. And kind of talk about that. I think you probably need to review your investments. Yeah, you may need an estate planning now. Yeah, <laughs> depending on what you invested in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, to uh, our listeners, let's, let's keep that market going. Uh, nice weather. It's going to be a little hot tomorrow. Stay hydrated. Um, as always, uh, you're listening to Busey Money Talk on WDWS 1400.